Welcome to another episode of Safety Third. And before we get into the title of this particular podcast, um, I really would like to go over an incredible story that comes to us from World War II. Um, There was a a Franz Hazel who was actually drafted into the German army. So this was at the height of World War II in Nazi Germany. And he was assigned to Unit 669. It was an engineering bridge building unit. And in fact, he was the only conscientious objector, at least that we know of, in the Nazi army. Um, in fact, it was, it was told that he um, threw away his pistol in exchange for carving a wooden pistol uh, in its place. And then he, he uh, colored it black with some shoe polish so people wouldn't really notice. And he actually made it all the, all the way through the entire war never using uh, a gun Um, and he was in some pretty amazing dangerous situations um, and and just an incredible story Um, and he fought on the eastern front and of course we know this from history the eastern front was one of the bloodiest fronts that uh, occurred during world war ii it was a death sentence for many of the german soldiers that were sent to the eastern front and uh, as as they were fighting and the battle was intensifying uh, on the Eastern Front, Uh, he was called into one of his commanding officer's um, headquarters. And the commanding officer, um, they had a tradition in their unit where, um, you know, if they took off their hat and laid it on the desk, that it was unofficial, it wouldn't be recorded, it wouldn't be reported up the chain. Um, And so the commanding officer took his hat off and he laid it on the desk and he asked um, Hazel the question, do you believe that Germany will win the war. And you have to realize, I mean, this is a, this is a very tough situation to be in as a uh, German uh, army um, recruit. You know, how do you answer your commanding officer? You know, when the ideology was so um, rife throughout the ranks that, that Germany would, would, you know, establish a thousand year Reich, that they would reign supreme, you know, just as the Romans had in ancient times. Um, and uh, so he was very careful to answer this question. But, you know, Hazel was a Bible-believing Christian, and he had specifically studied Bible prophecy. And so his answer that he gave his commanding officer was, was, was an, an incredible answer because it, it prompted a Bible study on uh, particularly Daniel chapter 2. And based off of this study, it was, it was just amazing. The commanding officer was just astounded that Hazel would give an answer, basically saying, no, Germany is not going to win this war. And the reason Germany is not going to win this war is because the Bible has predicted exactly what will happen uh, throughout history and even at the close of time. And that after the fall of the Roman Empire, that there will not be another dominating world empire that will be able to unite the entire world under one government. Um, And so based off of this study, the commanding officer was so convicted and impressed that he actually set aside fuel and food in case they had to retreat. And this actually spared Hazel's life. Like he was one of seven men who survived uh, untold death and destruction um, on the Eastern front lines because the commanding officer had believed what Hazel had to say from the Bible that Germany was going to lose this war. And so he set aside those provisions of food and fuel in order to get them um, back home to Germany uh, when they had to retreat. Um, So incredible. I mean, you know, this is what's so amazing, you know, when we look at this um, particular story uh, from history that really validates just how accurate the Bible can be when it comes to prophecy.
Hmm. That is incredible story, Brock. I'm glad you shared it. And uh, you know what's really amazing about the Bible, and the Bible is unlike any other book. That the Bible has an amazing ability to predict the future with astounding accuracy. Many attempts have been made to predict the future. Many claim to be able to predict the future, and they give some vague, you know, predictions, some general ideas. Uh, some people believe even Nostradamus predicted world wars, but nothing was able to match the Bible. I mean, 2,500 years ago, a the world's most powerful monarch of the time by the name of King Nebuchadnezzar II, which ruled from 605 BC to 562 BC, which, which he was the longest reigning and most powerful monarch of the Neo-Babylonian Empire. Mm. He had a remarkable dream that the Bible records for us, as you mentioned, in the book of Daniel, in particular in chapter 2. And this specific dream reveals the future showing that there would be four major world empires including babylon and it talks about even our time today mm. yeah you know it's incredible our topic you know for today for this podcast is this 2500 year old prophecy that predicts our time and so if we look at daniel chapter 2 if you go to daniel chapter 2 and summarizing some of the points that we see in this particular chapter is, is that the king, Nebuchadnezzar, has this dream. And, and it's, it's an unusual event, probably, you know, or maybe not even that unusual, because most of us have dreams that sometimes we can't remember. And so the king has this dream that he believes is significant, but he cannot remember the dream. And so he calls together all of his worldly counselors and he asks them, you know, please reveal to me that which I dreamed in the night season. Tell me uh, what were the thoughts, um, you know, of my head as I laid in bed. Um, and they, they can't answer, you know, they can't, they, they don't understand, they don't know what it is that the king dreamed. And it's an impossible request, you know, they're like, this is impossible. Like only, only this kind of information resides with the gods. Like this is their answer to the king. Um, yeah. and, 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 you know, basically saying like nobody's ever asked this, like no king ever asked this kind of request of, of his wise men. Um, and so it was a unique position. Of course, Nebuchadnezzar was pretty upset that his wise men were failing him at this critical moment in his reign, um, and believed that this was this was a this was a message and a dream of vital importance. He had to find out the answer, um, and so it really made him quite upset because uh, right. we see there in Daniel two that he orders the death and destruction of all of his wise men in Babylon. Um, yeah, yeah, that's true. And so um, Daniel and his friends actually hear that this has been the decree of the king, and they specifically ask if they can have time with the king, that um, they could ask for an extension of time, that uh, they could pray and ask the Lord to answer um, you know, this particular uh, question of the king. And so um, the way it works out, the king actually does uh, give them that time to go and seek God in prayer. And, uh, you know, it's it just... It's amazing because I'm so glad that God doesn't leave us in the dark, you know, even for this king uh, and Daniel and his friends in their extremity. God doesn't leave us um, hanging like he actually gives us um, he gives us an incredible answer for the future. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, in, in the book of Amos, which is one of the prophets in the Old Testament, in chapter 3 and verse 7, the Bible has this incredible promise. And it says, Surely the Lord will do nothing, but He reveals His secrets unto His servants, 
the prophets. And so, you know, as as uh, most people know that most of the writers in the Bible were prophets uh, to whom God has revealed, uh, you know, incredible things about our future. And here we see that the Lord will not do anything, the Bible says, without revealing his, you know, the secrets of the, of the future to his servants, the prophets. And then in turn, we are privileged to hold the Bible in our hand and actually learn what's coming and what's happening around us based on this accurate uh, biblical prophetic insights. So what's amazing about that, I'm sure we could even look at this further, is that, you know, it, it's almost as if God gives gives his people and, in, and any people that are willing to study diligently the, the scriptures, he gives them the gift of prophecy. Um, mm. Not saying not saying that each one, of course, he's not going to make all of us prophets, but right. but in our ability to study the word yeah. and to understand, you know, God's word is that in that process, we actually are given the gift of prophecy. And we see this because Daniel and his friends actually received the gift of prophecy because as they, as they earnestly seek God in prayer, you know, saying, you know, you know, God, our lives are on the line here as well. Um, as well as all of these, these wise men, um, you know, that, uh, you would reveal to us what the King dreamed. And, um, and then God does in the night season, God gives Daniel the very same dream. And this is an incredible beginning to such a mysterious chapter. Yes, and you know what's incredible is the answer that uh, Daniel gives. You know, he could have easily taken credit to himself as often people do, try to make themselves, uh, you know, appear um, greater and better and, 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 and you know, incite, excite people to, to uh, praise them and honor them. But here we see an incredible humility. And, you know, we have to keep in mind, Daniel is here talking to the most powerful person on earth at the time. Mm. And so Daniel in chapter 2 and verse 28 says, you know, when King asked him, are you able to, to reveal the dream? He actually says, but there is God in heaven that reveals secrets mm. and makes known to the King Nebuchadnezzar what shall be in the latter days or in the last days. So here we have it, that this dream is specifically concerning us who are living in the last days and then he says your dream and visions of your head upon your bed are these and then of course he goes on into explaining and sharing what he had dreamed because he has forgotten that was the the issue the king had he couldn't remember the dream mm. the, now we have it revealed so this is really powerful right because if this story is true then this this particular dream that the king had Nebuchadnezzar had has incredible weight and significance for us, even 2,500 years after the original dream. Wow, that's incredible because, you know, like, as we know, most world leaders, they have counselors, they have all sorts of experts that surround them and they rely upon them, right, at all times. Right. Whether it be economy, health, you know, even spiritual matters, they have counselors of all sorts, like they aren't able to figure out things themselves alone. They rely on them, but here we see Nebuchadnezzar was not, you know, he, he could not rely on, on the so-called wise men of Babylon. Mm. And here we see an amazing, uh, you know, example that God directly intervened and because he cared about him and he, he cared about the future, uh, you know, actually he cared about revealing the future to us. And so, you know, he actually shared with him what will happen from that time and on to the very last 
days of this Earth's history. Mm. So let let's maybe get into this dream a little bit because I'm sure our listeners yeah. are, are wondering like what exactly was this incredible dream that Nebuchadnezzar had that has such weight and bearing on our lives today. Um, so give us yeah. a, give us a small rundown. What did the king actually dream? So in uh, Daniel chapter two, beginning in verse thirty one, uh, Daniel uh, you know describes it. I'm just going to read it real quick. It says, "Your king saw and behold a great image or statue. This great image was." whose brightness was excellent, stood before you, and the form thereof was terrible. Verse 32, this image had was of fine gold. So here we have, the. it's starting to describe this statue from head to toe. And beginning with the head, it says that it was of gold, with breasts and his arms of silver, his belly and thigh of brass or bronze, his, uh, verse 33, his legs of iron, and his feet, part of iron and part of clay. And then it says, you saw till the stone was cut off without hands, which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay and broke them into pieces. Then was the iron, the clay and the brass, the silver and the gold broke into pieces together and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floor. And the wind carried them away that no place was found for them. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. I know there's a lot here, but just to summarize. So... He describes a statue or an image that is composed of different materials mm. beginning with a head it starts with a with gold the head was composed of gold then it says that the um, um, the breast and the arms were of silver mm. the belly and it tied and ties of brass and legs of iron and feet mixed with iron and clay and then it says that a stone that was that was not cut by a human hand hits this image in the toes and it breaks it into pieces. Mm. So that's kind of the rundown of the dream that, that he had. So that you know, here we actually come to in the next few verses, starting six, the interpretation of this dream. Uh, he doesn't waste any time. He goes straight to interpretation. And in verse 37 of chapter 2 in Daniel, he says, you, O king, are a king of kings, for the God of heaven has given you a kingdom, power, strength, and glory. And wheresoever the children of men dwell, the beasts of the field, the fowls of the heaven, has he given into your hand and has made you ruler over them all. You are this head of gold. And after you, so after Babylon falls, then there's this another kingdom that will rise in its place. And Daniel says that, that it'll, it'll be inferior to Babylon. Another mm-hmm. third kingdom of brass shall bear rule over all the earth. Um, and the fourth kingdom shall be as strong as iron, much as iron breaks in pieces and subdues all things. Uh, and, and as the iron breaks all things, so shall it break in pieces and bruise. Um, and so just to recap, what we see is we see, you know, a kingdom directly after Babylon is, is this the chest of silver arms and chest of silver. Uh, and then after that, mm. there's a third kingdom of, of bronze or brass, and that's the belly and the thighs. Um, mm-hmm. And so now Daniel's basically equating. It's very easy to follow along in this in this uh, line of thinking that each of these metals represents a specific kingdom, um, a world-ruling kingdom. Um, and then it talks yeah. about this fourth kingdom, a fourth kingdom that because it's so strong, as iron breaks in pieces and subdues all things, um, it will break in pieces and bruise. And, where, and then he comes to the feet then. From the legs, we move to the feet. And it says, whereas you saw the feet of toes, part of potter's clay and part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided 
but there shall not there shall be in it the strength of iron for as much as you saw the iron was mixed with miry clay um, and the toes and the feet were part of iron and part of clay so the kingdom shall be partly strong but partly broken and as you saw the iron mixed with clay they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men they shall not cleave to one another even as iron is not mixed with clay and then probably the most exciting part about this entire dream is you move through history as you get to the toes of history now we see what's going to happen at the end of time it says and in the days of these kings verse 44 shall the god of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed and the kingdom shall not be left to other people but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms it shall stand forever for as much as you saw the stone that was cut out of the mountain without hands and it broke in pieces the iron the brass the clay the silver and the gold the god that has made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter and the dream is certain and the interpretation is sure mm. you know it's it's incredible because in such a short very few words you have pretty much the entire history of the world and we have the clue you read it in verse 38 Uh, where Daniel tells the king you are the head of gold so here we have the bible identifies the first kingdom which was the neo babylonian empire and this kingdom ruled from 612 to 538 uh, and then we have it says there will be another you know another kingdom and you mentioned it it was represented by silver and we know all we need to do is just look at history and The next empire that conquered actually the Babylonian Empire was Medo-Persian Empire which ruled from 539 to 331. And then of course we know the next empire which was the Greek Macedonian Empire with uh, Alexander the Great who uh, conquered the Persians and this kingdom ruled from 331 to 168 BC. And then we come to the iron era and everybody knows that Rome was known for its use of iron its weaponry it was very superior to others and they were able to easily conquer uh, you know any other nation or kingdom that stood in its way with its advanced uh, military power and ability mm-hmm. and weaponry which was iron based and we know that they conquered Greece in uh, one um, in 168 BC and history tells us that rome was not conquered by one specific empire but simply 476 ad is considered by most historians as the the time where the roman empire was crumbled mm. and became divided and of course you 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 talked about the feet and you know uh the the, the feet the two feet they have 10 toes mm. And Roman Empire, the Western Roman Empire was divided into 10 different divisions as we're going to talk about more in detail maybe in another episode. But it's just fascinating to know and and we're living in a time of the divided Roman Empire. If you look at Europe for example, wow. uh you know the with the European Union attempts to unite, mm. you know, uh we we had Brexit recently and then we know that not all the European nations are are actually uh, united into one European Union there is still some independence um and uh, you know of course the the United States um you know originally the the pilgrims came from Europe so it it doesn't only uh you know include Europe but it does does cover basically the entire 
the entire world. And then we have this stone. And we know in the Bible, the symbol of rock represents Jesus. You know, Paul says in, I, I believe it's in, in 1 Corinthians, speaking of the experience of the children of Israel in the wilderness, says, and that rock that followed them was Christ. Mm. And so Jesus is represented as the rock and is coming back to this earth the second time represents uh, here in this dream, the rock hitting the image in its feet. And we're living in the time of the feet. We are living in a time of divided Roman Empire. Um, and so we can expect that Jesus will come sometimes in the near future, according to biblical prophecy. So that is incredible to me that, you know, we have basically the entire world history that, from that time and on in just a few days. That is incredible because if you think about it, it, it begins to like a compass. You know, if you if you understand the direction in which you're heading, then you can make adjustments for your journey. And and this is exactly what we see as, as we march through history. If God has given us such detailed information about history and each one of these things has come to pass just as he said it would, because the time, you know, uh, uh, what what time frame was this? was this dream given? I mean, this was hundreds of years before any of these empires took place, correct? Yeah, it was only, well, it was the time of the Babylonian Empire, but nobody even thought about Medo-Persia or even Greece. That was like hundreds of years before right. they even became anything, you know, and much less talk about Romans, right. you know. So, so it, it's too bad the stock market didn't exist then because people could have really made some money, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so it, it, it's just sure. amazing. The accuracy is incredible. And so, you know, if this is the premise, if the goal is that we're headed to the end of all things as we know it, because Jesus is coming soon, then this has incredible weight and significance for our lives today. And even for even for the governments, the nation, then, like if we know this is headed, um, wow, what a foundation that that gives us for for living our lives today. And also even a conviction for what is it, how should we be using our lives and living our lives today? Yeah. Because when you look at this, as you follow this backwards, the United Nations, European Union, as you mentioned, you know, it's even falling apart now. People are wondering, like, oh my goodness, like we can't even, you know, bring mm -hmm. the United Nations together. But then you look at all the in past in modern times where, you know, Hitler tried to unite Germany and the world underneath his government. Napoleon before him tried to unite, you know, the world underneath the French. You know, the British Empire had... Uh, even a run in history where they tried to unite the then known world underneath their large and extensive empire and yet that failed and the Ottoman Empire as well had had its its time a season as it were um, where they were strong but then they've fallen off the map since then in um, you know totally actually been obliterated um, and even the Holy Roman Empire you know all throughout the Middle Ages and, and you know trying to unite uh, kingdoms underneath its rule um, it seems to be interesting that since the fall of the Roman Empire to unite the world under one government uh, every attempt has failed mm -hmm. and yes there and my question right. would be is will will any now or any time in the future in history will there ever be a successful uniting of the world under one government well, there will be attempt to do so, uh, you know, as we know, the world is has at least been before this uh, crisis mm -hmm. we're in now has been very much connected. And there were always attempt to unite, you know, one world currency, mm -hmm. uh, 
Uh, you know, traveling has become very accessible. Uh, you know, uh, we've been connected through internet um, and, and many, many, many attempts and ideas to connect. But according to Bible prophecy, you know, there will never be a time where the world will be able to unite. Uh, you know, as a one world empire, there will be an attempt and it may certainly mm. look like that. But biblically speaking, it will not happen, you know, because the Bible has predicted it. And, you know, maybe somebody wonders, like, why not? Well, you know, uh, the only time that there will be actual unity in this on this planet is when sin is eradicated. And, you know, that is a, an element that that is um uh, against, you know, any unity that's based on truth and love mm. and peace. Uh, and, you know, uh, that that is uh, something that only God's kingdom can establish on earth. You know, not human uh, endeavor, but has to be from the heart. And just to say, you mentioned gold earlier, like, you know, we talked about the head of gold representing right. Babylonian Empire. And when Alexander conquered Babylon, he was amazed how much gold mm. he found there. Actually, he set up uh, Babylon as his capital for some time. And and so even even uh, those details are accurately portrayed or show us what the Bible has predicted. It fitly used symbol of gold for Babylon. But as you go down, you see the metals decrease in value. Gold is more valuable than silver than after silver, you got bronze. Bronze bronze is stronger than silver, but not as valuable. Iron stronger than bronze, not as valuable. And and then you come down to like just miry clay, you know, just, mm. just this dirt mixed with. So so morality has been going down, you know, throughout history. People have been sinking deeper and deeper into moral mm. oblivion, which only can be cured by mm. by the rock, you know. And I'm, I'm glad you really bring that point up too, Alex, because as we recognize that we're living in the toes of iron and clay, I mean, you know, when you look at the makeup of the world, and, and I think most honest people will will come to this conclusion as well, as they say, man, we live in such a fractured world. I mean, that's, it's not difficult to see. It's like, why do we have nations, you know, like the United States, big, powerful, rich with resources, and then in the same hemisphere, we have nations like Haiti, that are just absolutely a mess, you know? I mean, you know, comparing iron with miry clay, we see this in the very, um, you know, not just the economics of the world, but like you said, even the moral fabric of the world. Um, you know, uh, nations that have a strong, you know, biblical foundation and then nations that are steeped in superstition and, you know, voodoo and, you know, religious practices that do nothing but degrade and destroy humanity. Um, you know, it's just, it's amazing that, that, that this, this biblical prophecy is so accurate on so many levels. Um, and, and I, I really am thankful for your perspective that you brought in with, you know, saying that, that really only, only God's kingdom in the end can, can rectify um, and, and redeem this situation. Um, because we're on a downward spiral, like things are not actually improving. They're, they're actually, you know, falling apart as we get further along in history. Um, and so the only remedy is that Jesus would come and that he would wipe the slate clean and that he would begin again upon yes. only the foundations of, of pure government, of pure love, um, of God's character. And, and that's the time that we're looking forward to. Um, 
And so this 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 particular dream, it just wow. I mean, when you think about it, it's just like wow, what a gift that God has given to humanity to not leave us in the dark, but to say I'm going to give you a roadmap for history and show you with astonishing detail what's going to happen with each one of these kingdoms, with each one of these periods of history. You can have a firm foundation um in 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 your future and to know what's going to happen. You know, I love the I love the conclusion. Absolutely. I love the conclusion that the king gives to this uh, experience as Daniel relates this to him in verse 47. The king says uh, the Bible says the king answered unto Daniel and said, "Of a truth it is that your God is God of gods and Lord of kings and revealer of secrets, seeing you could reveal this secret, this great secret." So here a pagan monarch of the most powerful empire acknowledges the god of the bible to be the true god and you know we have this incredible book in our hands but how many of us actually read mm. it and study it how many of us take the time you know especially now that most people are home you know i'm i'm sure there is uh, uh you know things to watch on the tv or 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 on the internet but god has given us this gift and you know it's up to mm. us to make use of it and you know just like these kingdoms uh were represented by different metals you know obviously gold seems to be more valuable than than mm-hmm. you know rock or silver and so it is even today people don't necessarily value the bible as they look at it to other things material things they think it's you know they don't put a high estimate on it but the bible gives us an accurate estimate and it is a great privilege and honor to to actually study the bible to 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 know god to know jesus christ as a personal lord and savior as revealed in his word and that's what i think we want to leave people with and we're going to have another episode you want to tell yeah. us a little bit about that yeah you know um our one of our next episodes we're excited because um we have some amazing archaeological discoveries that also back up the accuracy of the Bible. So not only do we have historical references, you know, in these biblical prophecies of which there the Bible is full of prophecy. Um but we actually have, you know, archaeological evidence that that corroborates this um you know, this uh truth as well. Um and so it, we're going to look at this in one of our future episodes here talking about some of the just incredible things that that science has recently discovered to say, you know what? the bible actually had more to say than we realize uh, and maybe there was more to this than we actually thought in the um at at face value so um yeah you know in conclusion one of my favorite texts um comes from second peter 1:19 and uh it just it's so fitting for this particular topic that we've been discussing and that is he says peter says we have also a more sure word of prophecy whereunto we would do well to take heed So um you know as we study these things it's actually good for us because um it it's going to help us it's going to aid us because it's as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the day star arises in our hearts um and so again just some incredible promises that God gives us that you know this sure word of prophecy can guide us if if we live in a dark world in a dark time you know what do we need we need light and you know who is the light well Jesus himself said I am the light I am the way um and 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 david even backs us up and says thy word is a lamp unto my feet 
and a light unto my path. Um, and so this is just so incredible that, that biblical prophecy in the light of Jesus's character gives us light even in a dark and desperate time. So no matter what we're facing, doesn't matter whether it be the crisis of COVID-19 and a worldwide pandemic, doesn't matter whether it be some disaster or a tornado or a hurricane that has struck your local community, um, we can have hope, we can have encouragement, we can have a light even in a dark place because the promise is that Jesus is coming soon.